Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Read the Chicago Reader to get up to speed on what's what in Chicago. Culture. Food. Arts and entertainment. Weekly concert listings. Weekly event listings. The environment. Travel. I can continue, but you get the point. And for all of you Chicago political junkies, raw weekly columns on real city politics from Maya Dukmasova and our very own Ben Jarofsky. The Chicago Reader. Free to the public in newsstands throughout the city and online at chicagoreader.com. Read it now and be a more informed Chicagoan. All right, let's do the back half here. We have two stories and one of them breaking. So I guess let's get to that one first. (laughs) Breaking news. The following comes from the Chicago Sun-Times and Franz Spielman. Lightfoot accuses Alderman of exercising aldermanic prerogative at its worst. Yes, another dispute between the Chicago mayor and her city council. So it's time for the latest episode of everyone's favorite Chicago political soap opera. Yes, it's time for a mayor and her alderman. A mayor and her alderman. I want an answer. It's not something you ignore. And no, this has nothing to do with cinnamon rolls, by the way. <laughs> Uh, this is catching me off guard. I have no idea what you're well, about to say. I, I actually, uh, I sent it to you. Uh, it's on your phone. Oh. So uh, as I oh. read here, maybe try to look it up here and uh, weigh in with your thoughts. Uh, it says here, Mayor Lori Lightfoot on Tuesday condemned as, quote, aldermanic prerogative at its worst, the decision by downtown alderman Brian Hopkins, Ben of what ward? Come on. One, two, second ward. And Brendan Riley, Ben of what ward? Forty-two. That's correct. Thank you. Those two aldermen to block plans to raise commercial property taxes along North Michigan Avenue to bankroll security improvements after two rounds of looting. Lightfoot said commercial properties fronting the magnificent mile are, quote, suffering and hurting after a dramatic drop off in sales and foot traffic and were willing to tax themselves to shore up their defenses and lure back shoppers. But Hopkins and Riley blocked plans to create the special taxing district. The mayor said, quote, the businesses in the downtown area come to us in light of the challenges they experienced and were facing over the course of the summer and the fall and asked for help. We're willing to be taxed. And what you saw was a manifestation of aldermanic prerogative (laughs) at its worst. What possible legitimate reason could there be? We worked with the aldermen. We addressed every single concern that they had, even as the goalposts repeatedly kept moving. So those businesses are left high and dry because of those aldermen. It's a mistake. Hopkins countered that Lightfoot's efforts to, quote, achieve dictatorial rule of Chicago have been stymied. Love that word, stymied. (laughs) Not because of aldermanic prerogative, but because the legislative branch is a co-equal branch of government. Hopkins said, quote, that's a lesson she needs to learn and needs to learn quickly. Ben Jarofsky, your thoughts. Wow. Lot, Lot to unpack here. Lot, lot, lot to unpack here. And here I go. I'm unpacking it. 
First of all, I'm going to say something that I don't think I've ever said before. I second ward alderman Brian Hopkins makes a compelling point. How about that, D? Am yeah. I fair or what? Uh, Brian know. Hopkins, Mr. I love tiffs, Mr. Lincoln Yards, Mr. Sterling Bay. What can I do for you? Have an egg roll, Mr. Sterling Bay. That Brian Hopkins. Well, well there went that compliment you gave him. <laughs> well, I said that. Muddied it up a little bit there. Sure. I just wanted to make sure people knew I was talking about that Brian Hopkins as opposed to some other Brian Hopkins that may be in the Chicago City Council. Though now that I think about it, there's only one Brian Hopkins in the Chicago City Council. Thank God. No, I didn't say that. But he makes a compelling point. Brian Hopkins, you make a very compelling point. They are equal branches. You have the executive branch, which is the mayor. You have the legislative branch with the Chicago City Council and aldermen. In the old days... The mayor would say the mayor would treat aldermen a little like Chicago public schools treats teachers. You're going to do what I tell you. You're going to do it now. Shut up and do what I say or I'll take your car and make you walk home. That's how our mayor treats an alderman. But now it's a new day. Relationships between the alderman and the mayor. And I, for one, appreciate that because I do believe we're better served if each branch of government uh, is treated with respect and they act as uh, a check and a balance on one each other. Okay, so folks, you're going to have to learn something about an SSA, a special service area. Oh, I can hear the complaining right now. Oh, my God, I hate this. Special service area is sort of from the same family as the TIF, but there's a big difference. With a TIF, they raise everybody's taxes throughout the city to pay for a a specific project that may not be in their community. In the case of Lincoln Yards, Brian Hopkins' favorite TIF-funded deal, they raised everybody's taxes, Dennis's taxes, Maya's taxes, Ben's taxes, Leslie Harrison's taxes, Mark Sims' taxes on the South Side, no matter where you lived. John Canizera, the head of the Fraternal Order of the Police. I think Sumi lives in Chicago. Wherever you live, Johnny, they raise your taxes for that tip. Anthony Napolitano, you in the 41st Ward, they raise your taxes. It's a citywide tax site that funds a specific project. With an SSA, it is a tax that's limited only to the people within a very specific district, and the money gets spent in their area. So people are taxing themselves to pay for something they presumably want really bad. Otherwise, they wouldn't tax themselves to pay for it. I have always said that if Alderman Brian Hopkins had come to the city of Chicago and said, I want to impose a tax on people in the second ward to pay for Lincoln Yards, I'd say, go ahead. Go ahead, Alderman Hopkins. And by the way, he wouldn't do that. Why? Because they'd be up a rising. There'd be an uprising in the second one. Wait a minute. Hold on, Brian Hopkins. You want to raise my taxes to pay for an upscale project in a neighborhood that's already gentrifying, an area where taxes are already rising, where developers would go anyway? No way. I will only agree to this tax hike if you make sure that every sucker and sap in the city of Chicago pays for it. And so they pretend as though it didn't exist. The fiction about a TIF is that it doesn't raise your taxes, even though it does. Because if it didn't raise your taxes, how could they pay for it? (laughs) Chicagoans right now are scratching their head going, oh, this is baffling. I can't, I don't see how this works. Typical Chicagoan, I'll just not pay attention because it's too confusing. And I'll eat my hot dog, but I won't put ketchup on it. Chicagoans. Anyway. 
Brian Hopkins, as you can see, has a different attitude about SSAs because there's no getting around the fact it's right there in your tax bill when you get it. SSA, only for the people in this district, raises your taxes. And they'll come and call his office. Why you raise my taxes? And he'll say, well, I wanted to pay for security in the area. And then the people will say, hey, dummy, why don't you do it the way you pay for Lincoln Yards? Get the suckers and saps of Chicago to pay for it. And then Hopkins will have to go, habita, habita, habita. <laughs> and explain why he wanted the suckers and saps of Chicago to pay for the Lincoln Yards deal. And he doesn't want the suckers and saps of Chicago to pay for the security deal on uh, Michigan Avenue. So, but it's his prerogative. It's his prerogative. If he wants to oppose it, he has that right. And if the city council does not want to slap a tax on Michigan Avenue out of respect to the local alderman, in this case, Brendan Riley, as well as Brian Hopkins, then that's their right as well. And all, when Mayor Lori Lightfoot talks about automatic prerogative, that's her going back to the well. That's that phony issue, that fake issue of automatic prerogative, which was never legitimate, which was raised by... My poor beloved lefties and liberals who should have known better, but didn't. Picked up by the editorial boards. God help us all. And Lori's like, oh, yeah, alderman and prerogative? I'll just blame everything on the alderman. Like all the dumb ideas in Chicago weren't out of the minds of Chicago mayors. So now she's, you know, alderman and prerogative. She, she hopes if she just says those two words, alderman and prerogative, Residents on the north side who read the Chicago Tribune, I'm like, oh, yes, automated prerogative. I've heard this. This must be bad if it's automated prerogative. And it's, like, really I'm, fun to say. Yeah, <laughs> automated prerogative. <laughs> Michael Gerard, you got to come up with a song for automated prerogative. Automatic prerogative. Wow, wow. <laughs> we'll leave the writing to Michael Gerard. <laughs> and, and the guitar riff. I need a stinging guitar riff on that song. Automated prerogative. So, yeah, Lori Lightfoot go, this is automatic prerogative at its worst. I would say it's automatic prerogative at its best. It's all them doing what they're supposed to do, which is to look out for the interests of their constituents. And I bet you their constituents don't want to pay higher taxes, even if it benefits businesses on the go. They want the whole city to pay for those taxes. And so Brian Hopkins has to explain uh, <laughs> uh, why it was a good idea. <laughs> I think I've heard him. He sounds nothing like that. <laughs> I've never heard him say that before. Anyway. Whenever an alderman defends a tiff deal, they always get a little weaselly. <laughs> Don't listen to that guy at the reader. <laughs> He's really weird. He's a hippie. <laughs> He's an old hippie, ladies and gentlemen. I'm young and cool. So, Hopkins, I'm with you, all right? You never thought that moment would come? I'm with you, Hopkins, on this one. Yeah, you're looking out for your constituents. Here, here. I wish you were looking out for me on that Lincoln Yard tiff deal. Oh, boy, can't wait. Let's spend over a billion dollars building an upscale community in an already gentrifying neighborhood with the money going to a developer who doesn't need it. Sorry, D. I was gonna say, Sorry about that. I was going to say, guys, I could, just, I could just let them keep going. We'll be here till like, <laughs> 6 o'clock. You know, like, it's like that Charles Erland song. Oh, nobody knows what I'm talking about. And that's how um, you lose them. You get them, <laughs> and then you lose them. 
<laughs> but Charles, Charles Earl and the great uh, uh, organist, man, he just goes on that riff. He, I love you more than yesterday, but not as much as tomorrow. Uh, and he's just going on. The song goes on forever, and I'm loving it. That's what it's like. You had so about many on board with that riff you had there. They just start talking about something. <laughs> Charles Earl, I know. I don't see every listener. I can just who? see them all jumping off right now. Charles who? And, uh, hey, Charles Ma- Erlin. Go ahead. <laughs> Michael Girardi, I don't know. Maybe a, a cover song of the Bobby Brown hit My Prerogative. Oh, even I know that song. Oh. It's My Prerogative. Sounds nothing like that. There's no guitar. But there it was, another episode of a mayor and her alderman. to be a good neighbor oh, you have God. to be a good neighbor otherwise i'm gonna be up your butt every day well it's gotta be a better uh, way to say that tom tony what a heck of an alderman heck of an alderman tom tony frank on the live stream chat weighed in here um he had two comments uh the first i'm gonna clean up for you frank don't worry about it uh frank says that aldermanic prerogative is such a Friggin' fallacy. He didn't. Say, yes. He didn't say friggin' though. I'm with you, Frank. And, Something they made up. And then, <laughs> and then he goes on to ask: Is our city council getting a backbone? Kind of. Yes, I think they are. We've seen that. We saw that in the uh, budget vote, uh, and we're seeing that um, in issues like this. And, and they should have a back. And they should have a backbone. You know, the mayor of the city of Chicago should have to negotiate. And obviously, when the mayor said that they agreed to everything, well, at very least, there's two sides of that story. Because if they had agreed to everything, they would have been uh, singing the praise of this SSA. And Brian Hopkins and uh, uh, Brendan Riley been known to go along with aldermen. I mean, with mayors, all kinds of dumb ideas. So... I don't know if I buy that there was total agreement, but you know, Dave, they'll probably go in the back rooms and negotiate and that's not how it should be. Compromise, give and take, and then they'll come out <laughs> with an agreement. If I know them, they'll try to figure out some way to get the whole city to pay for it though. Oh boy. That's what Hopkins is in the back room saying, mayor, this is how we do it. We make it a tiff. No one knows how tiffs work. Pretend as though it's not a tax. And Mayor Lightfoot will go, man, it's a good idea. I think we'll do that. And then the only one who'll complain is me. Moving on. Madigan Gate, the time when utility bigwigs comment admitted to arranging jobs, contracts, and payoffs to the associates of Illinois House Speaker, one Michael Joseph Madigan. (laughs) Did he do it? Did he not? Well, it's hard to tell right now, to be honest. But I have a feeling. That after I read this story, a flip-flop will be happening on the Ben Jarofsky <laughs> show from our host, Ben Jarofsky. So uh, let's just get a quick recap on where you stand. I believe uh, before the show, you said that you are on the bus waiting to roll over our speaker, Mike Madigan. You say Madigan resign, right? Yes, Wrong? I said that. I wrote a column yesterday to that effect. Okay. I wrote a column but that just because I wrote that column, just because it's a print, does not mean I cannot do a flip flap, flip flop, flip flap, flip flap, flop right now. I'm capable of doing that, D. He's capable of doing that. Remember where we stand on this, everybody. Right now, Ben Jarofsky on the bus. Get on board. That's it. 
Okay. Now, if you recall, back in September, at the urging of Illinois House Minority Leader Republican Jimmy D. Jim Durkin and two other Republican lawmakers, the state legislature formed a special investigative committee. (laughs) I remember this committee. Chris Welch! Our good friend Chris Welch was the chair of this committee. A a committee to look into Speaker Madigan's ties to the ComEd bribery scandal and possibly recommend disciplinary action. We called it from the get-go here, political theater. That's all this is. Well... Bad news, Illinois conservatives. It looks like the political theater piece has been canceled. (laughs) The breaking glass somehow or other works for breaking news and canceling the theater. I know, right? Hold on, hold on. Velma. Okay, that's, come on. That's, In the sound department, you got to do a little better than that. Okay, uh, Sorry. her name uh, Velma, and uh, she's not a real person. It's all me, guys. Um, <laughs> after three months of all of this, uh, Representative Emanuel Chris Welch, former guest on the Ben Jarofsky Show, the Hillside Democrat who chaired the investigative committee, told us well what we knew all along. Yes, it was political theater. Welch called the legislative investigation a stunt. It's a joke, and that joke ends today. Welch, (laughs) (laughs) he's getting stern here. All right, uh, Welch told the Sun-Times, quote, this was a power grab by the the minority party, referring to Republican leader Jim Durkin's demand to hold any hearings at all. He said, quote, this is a sham political show trial to help leader Durkin try to become speaker, and he's abusing what his rule was meant for and to vote to uh, support subpoenas in this process is pandering to that of the... uh, the abuse and i refused to do it so uh ben your thoughts here and remember what you said there before i read this okay all right uh i'm with uh chris welch on this one in his theater uh and Durka was just trying to use it to uh, get support for his effort to find democrats to uh, vote for him for speaker He'll never find the Democrats to do that. He's just trying to embarrass the Democrats. Uh, Michael Madigan is the most effective tool the Republicans have right now to take back the state from the Democrats to defeat uh, J.B. Pritzker in 2022 uh, to uh, take a hold of at least one of the houses and make uh, Illinois a red state again. Michael Madigan is an effective tool in part because he absolutely refuses to go public with his defense. And this is really grinds my gears. As I said, uh, we had Jamie Andrade on, State Representative Jamie Andrade on this weekend. You guys can check out that interview. Uh, he defends Madigan. And I was like, he agree with me. I go, the Wizard of Oz act just got to end. So in this case, why didn't he pull an Oliver North? Why didn't he just go before the committee and let him have it good? You know, and, and turn the tables on them. And hey, Durkin, what about the favors you did for Commonwealth Edison. Hey, Republicans, if you think this is so outrageous, these Commonwealth Edison legislation, these rate hikes for Commonwealth Edison, why didn't you vote against them? You're all a bunch of Harper Valley hypocrites. And the Democrats would be cheering, and I would be cheering, and Dr. D would be cheering. Yeah, man. But no, he hides in the back rooms, hides behind the curtain. We never get to hear it. He makes Chris Welch's of the world do his dealing. So, D, if you're not going to defend yourself, Michael Joseph Madigan, then step down. You know, if you're only going to defend yourself on phone calls you make to members of your caucus, they're the only ones who get to hear hear what you have to say, like when you call them up to ask for their votes. What good is that to the general public? How are voters, like in swing districts, 
going to believe in what you have to say if they don't hear it. You know, the old way of doing business that works so well for Michael Madigan is no longer working in this century. The guy doesn't even have a cell phone. He's more antediluvian than I am, if such a thing is possible. So, D, that's why I say, yes, it's political theater. And I wish uh, Michael Madigan had joined the theater. Wow, that would have been a cool. You talk about play. How about if Michael Madigan had showed up for his hearing? Like Oliver North, uh, people just. Oliver North was a, a Reagan White House appointee who confronted his interrogators at a, a, a Senate hearing back in the 80s before most of you were born. But he, he rallied Reagan country because he stood up to his interrogators. And I wish Madigan had done the same. Called them all a bunch of hypocrites, which they are. Republicans are hypocrites. Going before that committee reminded, Dur- hey, Durkin, where are you? And Donald Trump's malfeasance. How come you have nothing to say about that? Hey, Darren Bailey, DB, big fella, you care so much about me. How come you never speak up about Donnie Trump? You know, we're the rest of you uh, Republicans on the issue of Proud Boys beating up black people in the streets of Washington. You know, throw it out there. Throw it at them. Even if it's not related, put them on the defensive. But nope. He's just going to make phone calls to his caucus members and everybody's supposed to fall in line. Democrats, you guys are sleeping on this one. I'm telling you right now, you keep messing around with this and you're going to wake up in 2022 and some Republican is going to be governor of Illinois. And you're going to be like, how did that happen? So, D, I'm still on the bus. But if Michael Joseph Madigan wants to try a new tactic... If he wants to speak out and defend himself and go on the counterattack, well, I'll be more than happy to leave the bus at least to listen. All right. Well, welcome board on the bus. That's really cool. Okay. Stop hitting the horn, Ben. <laughs> go have a seat. <laughs> Do I got it? Gazzardi's taking up all the room back here. Yeah. Welcome. All right. Uh, remember, you can download previous Ben Jarofsky shows and guest interviews and so much more. Over 800 episodes at the Chicago Reader website and wherever else you download podcasts. ChicagoReader.com forward slash Jarofsky. J-O-R-A-V as in victory, S-K-Y. Uh, you can reach us on social media at Benny J Show, B-E-N-N-Y, the letter J Show on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. You can send us an email, Show at gmail.com. And hey, you can call us. You can always call us. 708-658-4788. The number again, 708-658-4788. You know, if the power goes out one day or, you know, you got your internet goes down, give the Ben Jarofsky show a call. Leave us a message. And uh, there's a good chance we will play that message on our program. Will it be a month later? Uh, maybe. I don't know. I'm working on uh, getting a little quicker about that. But leave us a voicemail. We always appreciate it. Also, uh, check out the live show if you've yet to. If you download this show and you want to check a live show out, well, Tuesdays through Fridays, 1 until 3 p.m. Central Time on the Chicago Reader YouTube channel. Join the live stream chat. Have a good time. And, uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs>